0: It's Halloween time again, and Angela Franklin has sent out more invitations to her Halloween party. So let's go back to Hull House in the only sequel worth watching in the Night of the Demons franchise Night of the Demons 2 on today's episode of Midnight Social Distortion. good evening welcome to another edition of midnight social distortion this is your boy marco estes and like i said in the intro we are going back to the house to discuss night of the demons 2 which came out in 1994 actually may 13th of 1994 which is surprising given the fact that you know it wasn't close to halloween season but Nobody's paying attention to that in the director DVD or, well, at that time, director VHS office. So, as you know, the last episode I discussed the seminal Halloween film to watch every year, Night of the Demons, which came out in 1988. It was originally titled Halloween Party, but they waited a good, let me see, 94, and I got to do some math there, but they waited a few years to come back to the house and i'm thinking that it was the right time for it especially a sequel like night of the demons um when i first came across night of the demons 2 it was by chance because you know back then you didn't have unless you rented a lot of vhs tapes at the video store and as much as i love to talk about stalking the video store I usually was able to go in there if my mom or dad or somebody was shopping somewhere near the video store, they didn't let me rent as many tapes as I wanted. So I had to save up money to and get somebody to take me to the video store to rent these movies. So I didn't have any way of knowing that Night of the Demons 2 was even in play. Um, I also didn't have access to Fangoria or um, Gore Zone or any of the movies, um, the horror movie magazines back in the day. I was just left to my own wits. And so I came across Night of the Demons 2 just by chance going into a video store and seeing the poster for a Night of the Demons 2. And knowing that I was a huge Night of the Demons fan, of course, the person who was behind the counter couldn't exactly tell me when the movie was coming out. They just said they just put the poster up. I think it was one of those days where they didn't feel like looking up shit because I'm pretty sure they probably had like a magazine of some sort to tell them what date the movie was going to come out is. So but anyway, so I had to keep checking back to see if the movie actually came out and never got a chance to see the movie on VHS because, you know, either it came in, was checked out, and never brought back again. So good old Cinemax, late night Cinemax, premiered Night of the Demons 2, probably around the same time period, maybe a couple of months afterwards. I don't know if there was a window that like, you know, HBO or Cinemax could, you know, air certain um, films if they were directed um, VHS at the time. But that's why I saw it. Long story short is I saw it on Cinemax late one night and I got my life. Now I will say that initial viewing of the movie, I was a little bit let down because of all the, There wasn't, you know, a return of like Suzanne and maybe Stooge and whatnot. But I was, of course, excited to see Angela back because, I mean, she is a star. And there was this all this stuff taking place at this Catholic school before we even got to Hull House. But growing up and, you know, and looking at the movie with new lenses or adult lenses or a really excited horror fan lens... As of, you know, not just lately, but like in the past few, you know, years, decades or somewhat since it came out. I've grown attached to it a whole lot because the shit that came after Night of Demons 2 could have been left. All of it could have been left on the cutting room floor. Uh, And I would get into that in the next episode. But Night of Demons 2, um, it takes place six years after the original according to the lore set at the beginning of the movie the bodies of you know those who did not make it out of hell a um, hull house that night were recovered except for angela's and there was this rumor saying that angela body and soul body and soul was you know taken into hell because she was the devil's favorite you know and i can see that you know i did mention in the last episode that her transformation scene, not necessarily when Suzanne kisses her and delivers the demon inside of her, but the iconic dance scene where she's, you know, dancing to Stigmata Marta about Bauhaus, and I probably butchered that, but anyway. Um, I felt like the demon inside of her was connecting with her, and I felt like it made sense for them to stick with that particular character moving forward. And it might, another reason might be for the fact that Suzanne, who was the first one possessed in the movie really didn't do much of anything. And, you know, they marketed it as as Angela's party. So yeah, it just, it makes sense. So, but I know a lot of people would like, why didn't they bring back Suzanne and Stooge? And I was one of those people until I was like, look, Angela carries the movie and not just the movie, but the entire franchise, which again, I will get to in a future episode. But let's just go ahead and read through the stats of Night of the Demons 2. Like I said, it premiered in 1980, 1984, 1994. Actually, the official date was May 13th. The budget was $1.4 million. It made $2.7 million. I think it was released theatrically for like a hot second. Well, actually, it was released on home video by Republic Pictures in 94. I thought that. Kevin S. Tenney, who directed and co-writ the first movie, had some writings, um, had, had wrote part of the this one. But apparently that's not the case. It was written by the original movie's producer, Joe Augustine and James Penzi. And it was directed by Brian Trenchard Smith. That name sounds familiar. And it's because. I think he directed some other stuff that I'm from, you know, either familiar with. Oh, he did a lot of the director DVD, DVD Jesus. He did a lot of the director VHS movies back in the day direct director video movies like Leprechaun Three and Four. Uh, he did the Mega Code Two and some other stuff. But that's just, you know, a few. I'm pretty sure I've heard of him somewhere else. And I think he did a couple of episodes of some like TV shows on MTV because that's where that name is like, it's telling me MTV for some reason. The movie starred Amelia Kincaid, who went from Mimi in the original movie to Amelia, her, you know, real name. And so uh Meryl Kennedy, Christy Harris, Rick Peters, Jennifer Rhodes, and Christine Taylor. Yes, that's the, the Christine Taylor who played um Marsha Brady in the Brady Bunch movies from the 90s. And she was also the bitch in um, the craft, and she was also Ben Stiller's wife for a long time. You know, she was Ben Stiller's co star in the Zoolander movie, the original. I think she was in the Zoolander 2, have not seen it, don't judge me on that. It's just I never got around to seeing a Zoolander 2, even though I own it, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, so again, the movie was set six years after the events of Hull House. 1988, I'm think yeah, that's about right. So the first five years after the fact, um, after you know her house, Angela's parents got a greeting card from her, and after that happened, they eventually killed themselves, which left Angela's younger sister Melissa, who the school that she's sent to named um, Saint Rita. She's given the nickname mouse by her, um, you know, fellow students who really don't like her that much because she's very meek and, you know, she she just looks like the anti Lydia. She kind of gives you, uh, what's um, Lydia um, Dietz from the Beetlejuice, but not as bold as Lydia. You know, she just looks like if you touch her, she's gonna crumble. And that makes sense given the fact that your your sister disappeared in this massacre at this, you know, haunted, you know, location. And then your parents turn around and kill themselves after receiving of, you know, Halloween greeting card from, or invitation from your supposedly deceased sister. But this doesn't bear well for her at St. Rita's Academy because her fellow bunkmates mates. Are not so kind to of her. Those bunkmates include Terry, who is played by Christine Taylor, um, and Shirley, who is played by jo, um, Zoe Trilling. Now, Bibi is another one of the um, who's played by Christy Taylor. She's another one of the bunkmates, but she's not nasty. She's actually more. She's more caring about the well-being of Melissa AKA mouse. And when, you know, she's, she's a good girl, you know, but you think that the movie is going to be about Melissa and you know, these girls are just deemed to be slaughtered later on in the movie, but you know, that's not what you initially think. I mean, that's not what you um, get. I get to that later. While the girls are sitting there talking to their, in their dorm room, um, the, there's guys across the hall of course staring at them and i made a note to say that the whole scene of the guys looking at the girls undressed came across as very homoerotic because all of them were their underwear and these are not like boxes but they're like they hit on tight i think they hit on tighty whites and and they're all like saying like oh, I, I gotta watch i want to watch next i want to watch next and it just i don't know it just gave me like a david duke I cannot pronounce that man's last name to say my neck, but if you know what I'm talking about, especially if you're very, if you're gay and into direct-to-DVD horror or direct-to-VHS or direct-to-video horror, um, David Ducato who did a lot of that shit back in the day, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of this series, The Brotherhood. If you know The Brotherhood, then you know who I'm talking about, but it just seemed like it was a lost scene for one of those movies. And in the midst of that little group is Kurt, Johnny, um, who is... I guess a BB's boyfriend and another guy named Perry, who is not into the oogling of the girls. He's more into his books. So Perry looks like he would be the good guy that might end up getting paired up with mouse though. But again, that's not the case. And the two adults in the movie that are looking over these kids are sister Gloria, who's played by Jennifer Rhodes. And if you don't know who Jennifer Rhodes is, then you can remember her if you saw slumber party massacre 2 she plays courtney's mom courtney valerie's mom in slumber party massacre 2 the father is father bob and he's played by rob mccary father bob's i think is like relative relatively new to the campus in his position so he teaches the boys while sister gloria teaches the girls and i'm pretty sure there's other staff members on the you know, on this you know roster or whatever but we only focus on sister gloria and father bob uh father bob is very oblivious to what's going on around him he is all about you know keeping order but he's like lackadaisy all about it unlike sister gloria who is like uh-uh no kissing no uh, public displays of affection no hand-holding no flirting. She's just downright all about the Lord. Now she's no sister, no sister Jude, excuse me, and Jessica Lane from American Horror Story Asylum, but she is sister Jude without the sadistic nature, if you will. So, uh, one of, Sister Gloria's lines in the movie is A kiss is a sin If it's an upper persuasion For a lower persuasion You know Just It's 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 goofy funny but it's just still Like you know that's how serious she is about the shit She's kind of slick with her stuff You kind of like her But at the same time if you were a teenager At that time you're probably like girl Gone on somewhere like it's not that damn serious Shit But St. Rita's Academy is like perceived as like a boarding school of sorts but it doesn't give that feeling because most of the kids like bb mouse um even perry to a certain extent don't give off like bad kid vibes and so you just send them to a boarding school to get rid of them now terry and especially shirley are just like they fit the bill and even kurt um but that's you know that's just the the reason why I'm talking about all that is because the movie takes a lot of time at the Saint Readers Academy before we get to Hull House. Now, if I'm if I can clock correctly, because I recently just <laughs> resaw Night of the Demons again, like not even two nights ago. I want to say it came on like Monday morning, um, on, shop screen factory TV. I think that the kids in the original movie got to Hull House like within the first 10 minutes of the movie. And in Night of Demons 2, I don't think they make it to Hull House until like 20 to 30 minutes in because they take a lot of time building up all these characters and this big conspiracy about, you know, trying to get, trying to find a way to do something to get them to go to Hull House because they re- initially don't have any reason to be there. It's Halloween season, true enough, but they're all talking about going to this big dance that's going to be given at the actual Academy. Now, Shirley, who has just become obsessed with the story surrounding Hull House, she fixates herself on Mouse and Mouse's connection to the Hull House rumors and Angela Franklin. And it's not until she gets in trouble with Sister Gloria, that she and i i found she and bb and terry are barred from going to the dance so are johnny and kurt perry the good guy who is all into his books is actually into demonology and he's trying to prove to father bob that he can you know prove the ex- existence of de- de- demons on earth and all this and open up doors to the you know hell and all this shit meanwhile mouse is sitting there having nightmares about angela in her demonic form and in her regular form and whatnot and you know it's just a, a powder keg waiting to explode so now you get shirley who's really pissed off at um sister gloria and she wants to break some rules so she's like i have a way we need to go break in the whole house and have a halloween party there And then, meanwhile, Perry actually did summon a demon, and the demon actually ends up being Angela. And, you know, the father, uh, Father Bob, ends up taking his books on demonology and whatnot. But before he does all that, he doesn't realize that um, Shirley actually steals one of his demonology books in the process. So now like i said the movie took a long time building up all the characters including sister gloria and father bob so when the shit actually hits the fan um it's when the kids end up going off campus mouse doesn't want to go to the dance so they kind of trick her into going with them to hull house and it's not until Mouse gets to Hull House that she has a complete freak out moment because they lied to her and said they're going somewhere else to party. They just want her to be with them. And so meanwhile, Shirley's uh boyfriend, who's don't who's not a student, who looks like he's about about probably five, ten years older than her, maybe because you know, all the kids in this movie look like they're in their mid-twenties, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Uh they go to the Hull House, and one of Shirley and her boyfriend Rick's friends named Z Boy, he you know gets them. He he also shows up at the party. And so you get your grand, you got your gang at Hull House, and it thankfully is the same Hull House from the original movie. The same parking lot, the same interior, the same exterior. You know, everything is still up and standing. And they walk into the house. And you're thinking like, okay, shit's about to hit the fan. Angela's already floating around the house ready to sit there and do some damage. But she's not revealing herself to the kids because, you know, she's the one to scare a mouse. And she's like, you know, oh, my sister's here. That's a perfect opportunity, blah, blah, blah. So you're waiting for shit to pop off. And they go out and explore the, the, um, the house. B.B. and johnny go and have like this little makeout session i think they actually did have sex but i don't know because angela was sitting there watching them they kept flopping back between that situation and i think terry trying to stop shirley and rick and z-boy from like tying mouse up and offering her as a sacrifice to angela And Rick, I I forget, I think Kurt is somewhere. I I can't recall where that boy was at because, again, he had a bigger role at the beginning of the movie. But then once Rick enters the picture, he kind of just standing there looking stupid as he's bonding with. uh, Actually, that's what happened. He was bonding with Terry. They heard Mouse scream. They run into the living room and find out what the real um, plan was. And in the process of all this, the demon or technically Angela appears and you get kind of like a, I don't say a remake, but kind of like a homage to the original movie when the demon leaves the basement and it kind of like gives the scent of the funky smell and then the roses. And then, you know, all of that. But this is when the kids decide, okay, this is too much. Let's just go. In the meantime, beat be, um bb um bb finds suzanne's lipstick in the bathroom and she takes it with her also z boy is trying to i forget what he's doing but he gets separated from the group and he is attacked by angela who rapes him and you know puts a demon inside of him you know via kiss so she does that first for she sister and gets her you know Rocks off or whatever. I'm sorry, but that's just how it was, you know. And then the kids make their way back to they make it they make it back to Saint Rita's Academy. In the meantime, the drive back, BB tries to apply the lipstick on to her lips, and then like the little demon tries to go through her mouth, and she drops the lipstick. And Shirley picks it up and pockets it, you know, as a memento from hull House. And remember from the original movie where they said that the demons cannot cross over the underground stream? Well, that was a loophole, you know, possess an item inside the house. And you know, I guess that was a I guess a loophole. But to me, it's like a loophole with a loophole because it would seem like the demon would have been eradicated no matter what how it was transferred out, you know, but that's just me. And they get to the party. And of course shirley tries on the lipstick gets possessed by angela and it's this whole scene where this lipstick um, demon tries to it goes up her um you know private parts then angela kisses her after she comes out of the lipstick uh tube and it's just like so why does shirley get possessed twice i felt like the demon possessing her via you know insemination was enough but then they had angela show up and give her a kiss kind of like uh it was very erotic it was kind of it was more erotic than what suzanne did with angela in the original movie then a possessed shirley goes downstairs and everybody's attention has turned to this now fully you know there uh angela she's there but she's not demonic she's doing a, a dance to lure all the boys to the yard and whatnot And Shirley's, like, a groupie on the ground, in the crowd, trying to, like, mock her and everything. And I put a note down saying that Shirley wished she was about their business. But clearly she's not. I feel like Shirley was one of those... She wanted to be a mean girl and a bad girl so bad, but she was not about that life. Let's just say it like that. So... Sister Gloria notices Angela and kind of chases her out and lose tracks of her because she's like, you, you you don't belong here. You don't go here. You're not a student here. And then she kind of picks up on something being odd about Angela. Meanwhile, Shirley kills her boyfriend, Rick by having, by burning his hands via, uh, him touching her titties and stuff. Then I think she snaps his neck. I don't know if she kisses him or something like that, but you know, he's now possessed and the party goes buck wild crazy. All the kids start running out and whatnot. And meanwhile, all this stuff is going on. Mouse ran back to her. When they got back to campus, Mouse went back to the dorm and was pissed off at them and didn't want to come to the you know, party. So that's where Angela runs off to, is to get her sister and con her into coming back to Hull house with her. Meanwhile, Terry and Kurt are in the back of a car making out in the midst of that Angela appears and kills Kurt and Terry running to go hide comes across a possessed Shirley, who of course passes on the demon via kiss to Terry. So you got what four kids running around now possessed. You got Rick, Terry, Kurt, and, uh, well, Angela's not trying to, possess anybody else but let's just say the main cast its like being picked off even though there's all these other students running around during this chaotic moment bb and johnny um jump to action and get all the kids that were at the party at the chapel for safe you know to, to keep them safe perry real perry hears what's going on because he too was you know prevented from going to the, the party um they try to contact Father Bob, who thinks that all this shit is, you know, just it, that bullshit. Like, you know, you guys woke me up for nothing. It's probably some kids on PCP. All that old folks, you know, bullshit. So, in the meantime, Sister Gloria is like, "No, we have to, sir. I saw my own eyes. You know, the the, the demons are here. The money possession's on campus, and so they realize that." mouse is missing and that's when they see mouse being taken to rick's car with rick driving and Shirley with them and a possessed z-boy and they drive off meanwhile terry tries to go find um terry's actually looking for shirley and um terry and kurt she ends up finding terry who tries to possess her and kill her but um, sister gloria shows up and it does something that shocked me she instead of trying to kill terry she actually takes a vial of holy water and douses it into terry's throat and terry coughs up a bug that i'm assuming is the demon and then terry's no longer possessed and i'm like oh shit we have rules here you know what i'm saying so it, technically if you become a demon via kiss or something like that and you don't die Um, like there's no injury that would kill you or something like that then I guess there's some salvation you can sit there and get turned back if you have the right proper tools like you know holy water or whatever so I'm assuming that's the case here and you know so keep that in mind so of course you know BB, Johnny, Father Bob Perry who's a Uh, and um sister Gloria all prepped to go to go save Melissa so we're going back to the whole house and but this time they come prepared and father Bob is taken out pretty simply easily I think but I forgot he's taken out turns a demon uh Perry who is shockingly taken out um and before he becomes the demon they kill him out of mercy um Johnny ends up killing his boy Kurt um, because, you know, Kurt's a demon now and Johnny, who thinks he's Johnny, um, Kane, not Johnny Kane, but, um, what's the damn Johnny Cage, excuse me. Johnny Cage from, you know, Mortal Kombat. Uh, he gets his ass knocked into a damn until like it's, they, they took the same scene with Suzanne knocking style into the air shaft from the original movie and use that again, and Johnny's all of blonde, and you know, and, and white as hell, and you have Sal, who is, you know, Italian, or Italian, or uh, uh, Latino, one of the two, but he's, ethnic, he's of ethnic origin, and his hair is black. So it was a bad um, editing choice on their part. And I, you know, but that's the charm of a lot of 90s um direct-to-video movies that are part of franchises and whatnot they tend to recycle the same shit from the previous movies the slumber party masculine sorority sorority house masculine movies are notorious for that so you know that was just a little thing to point out there and in the midst of all the um chaos the they managed to take out both shirley and father rob and father bob who via water balloons and super soakers all laced with holy water. And Sister Gloria, BB, and Johnny make their way to Angela's lair. And they save Melissa, they battle Angela. You think Sister Gloria has been killed because Angela takes her big blade that's pretty much like her weapon of choice throughout the entire movie. I don't know if it's some type of machete or whatever thing like that, but she hacks off Sister Gloria's head But somehow Sister Gloria pops up again. Like the head that was popped was on top of her head. Somehow was talking this entire time. And once it gets knocked off or chopped off, then her actual head comes in and she tells Angela, like, I have the power of Christ and faith with me and this, this, and that. And I'm like, oh, okay. This movie just went left. (laughs) So then they try to get out the house, but then Angela has one last surprise for them. She turns into like this super snake demon where they have to battle and they take the sunlight outside and there is a window that has some boards um, boarded up and they take the boards down. The boards end up looking like a cross, a cross, a cross, a cross, excuse me. (laughs) The board is in the shape of a cross and the cross... Laying smack on Angela's chest across her heart, that's better, and it blows her up. The kids and Sister Gloria—I mean, the kids, including Mouse, Johnny, BB, and Sister Gloria—make it back to campus, where all the students are waiting for them. For what reason, I don't know. I'm like, do y'all not have any other supervision on this campus? And like, as long as I was not attacked by the damn demons the night before. I'm not going to be waiting up for you motherfuckers at all. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if I'm going to do anything, I'm going to call my parents and be like, yo, mom, some crazy shit happened last night. I want to go home, try to get a refund on this bullshit ass, um, boarding school experience. But the movie ends with a party goer at, from the school, um, picking up the lipstick the, you know, Suzanne's lipstick, um, tube and she opens it up and then the lipstick turns into the snake that, uh, you know, jumps at the screen and the movie ends. It's a bad CGI moment and yeah, it was just bad. Anyway, that's Night of the Demons too. I did write a few notes down again, like I said, um, I put down that Terry's a follower and that was one of the things that I noticed, even though Christine Taylor is out of the, th- out of the, all the girls in the movies besides in the movie besides Angela, Christine Taylor was the most recognizable person for me because I had seen her on Hey Dude. You know a lot of I don't know if a lot of people knew that um Christine Taylor um I actually she started on Hey Dude. But that's the show that I recognized her from was Hey Dude. So, she was the only recognizable person the cast and I was like off that she probably would have been a better, you know, mean girl and like she'd been a, she would have been a better Shirley. Um not saying that Zoe not saying that Zoe Trilling did not do her thing. It's just that she was kind of annoying. Um uh, that's the best, that's the best way I could put it. It was like, you know, your mean girl is supposed to be like the highlight of the click and everything, but she just seemed to be very annoying and very, you know, really not about their life. Like she was like. Walking the walk and trying to talk to talk, but she wasn't about it, you know. And BB was more along the lines of, like I said, the goody two shoes, but she was still with the fuck, with, with the shits, with the you know, with the mean girls, you know. And she was more of a katie than she was any of the mean girls. Um, from you know, I would say Shirley was meanest, and Terry was more along the lines of a Gretchen Weiner, you know what I'm saying? Um, as for Melissa, like I said, the movie was supposed to be about her, but it seemed that she was just a plot point. Even though you kind of fell for her, you know, being bullied all the time and just being attacked for no fucking reason under the sun, just because she had to be, she just happened to be Angela Franklin's sister. Um, but that's you know, again, the movie did a great job of trying to build the character. Um. Of the kids before they got to hull house the problem is that you really didn't really care about them overall night of the demons 2 i you know like i said at the beginning of the episode that i was upset with it initially not saying that it was a bad movie it was just like it wasn't the original and because again this movie had a had some big ass shoes to fill Especially by being like that, much time had passed before we got a sequel. You know, not saying that neither demons at that time for me had not you know maintained this cult status because I think it still was a big fixture for a lot of horror fans. I just feel like the, at the initially that the second movie did not live up to the potential of the first movie initially then you know especially when you know they constantly show neither demons you know i could go rent neither demons if i wanted to see it if it wasn't airing on some channel i could you know go to the video store and rent it you know i told you that they probably had to get like a second copy of neither of demons 2 and to replace the original one that was you know not not brought back but even if it eventually came back into the store i just did not have the urge to want to watch night of the demons 2 now if it was on tv i might watch it on cinemax or hbo or showtime or whatever channel it came on but it was like you know if i have to watch the original or the sequel i'm gonna watch the original at that time now growing up and nostalgia factor kind of put to the side i would say that I feel, I give Night of Demons 2 a lot of kudos because it actually did try to do something different. And a lot of horror movies at that time were trying to do different things, but they were falling on their faces. And some of them are still on their faces. Jason goes to hell. And some of them are actually... You know, considered ahead of their time, and I'm thinking of Wes Craven's New Nightmare, but there was a lot of movies that all tried to do something different with their long-established franchise. Like I said, New Nightmare, Jason Goes to Hell, even Revenge of Revenge. Excuse me, Return of the Living Dead Three, because you could have easily did another incident where the trioxin um, canister ended up in another community, and then all of a sudden you got these brain, you know, eating zombies running around with a few group of unlikely heroes trapped in the midst of all of this, trying to make their way out. Instead it did this whole, you know, love story. And it kind of gave you a bit of a, it kind of furthered the mythology for that particular series with the trioxin and them trying to find a way to use it, weaponize it because it's supposed to be weaponized anyway, but you actually saw it in action and it wasn't like this big, um, apocalyptic situation with zombies running all over the place. Everything was contained. And I don't think most zombie movies at the time were doing contained storylines or whatnot, but that's not, but then Night of the Demons 2 also did something different by, uh, you know, trying to not have the entire situation take place at Hull House. It gave you a different location. It tried to expand upon the mythology to make more stuff possible because I guess it probably felt like, I don't know what the writer's intentions were. I haven't, re- I haven't listened to any commentaries or whatnot. I only research I did was via um, Wikipedia before I did this episode. But as far as why they chose to put half the movie at St. Rita's and half the movie at Hull house, b- but looking back at, it, it, you know, looking back at it, it, this is why I feel like the second movie stands out a whole lot more now because it gave they 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 tried to do something to i guess carry their franchise on because think about it if you had had the stick of lipstick outside of the if that was a conduit for the demons to come and you also saw perry sit there and kind of conjure angela through a mirror in the movie which means that you could probably you know have the demons pop up at another situation maybe a halloween party in somebody's like house or something and you know shit just go who could sit there and say they probably could have did like the whole entire town being like you know overrun by demons or whatnot and you know it could have it could have went anywhere or the lifts it could have went somewhere else you know but i guess the people aka the fans wanted more hull house and they did that with the next movie which we'll get to the next episode but i mean i feel like this is where they whatever they were trying to do with neither demons 2 is what they should have tried to carry on with you know the rest of the movies because instead of just having four movies in the franchise i'm pretty sure if they had kept it like fresh and just keep you know the storyline flowing in terms of like the history behind Hull House, maybe, maybe a prequel of some sort, something that would give, um, that would make you want to watch another movie because after watching Night of Demons 3, I'm just going to give you a preview of the next episode. After watching Night of Demons 3, it was kind of good that the franchise went cold after that because it was just not good at all. It kind of went from like, you know, top tier, you waiting for the next movie to come out after night of the demons 2 and then you sit there get night of demons 3 and you're just like ill so but yeah um like i tell people i feel like night of the demons 2 is getting a lot of shine as of late i don't think it's streaming anywhere i know certain people you could, you could have found it on youtube there was a dvd release i think in 2007 of the movie and I think it's out of print right now. But Shout Factory, not Shout Factory. Well, I guess Shout Factory, you know, the owner of Screen Factory, just recently announced um, that they're going to be bringing both Neither Demons Two and Neither Demons Three to Blu-ray for the first time. I think that there was a Blu-ray of Neither of Demons Two. It there is, excuse me, there is a Blu-ray version of Neither of Demons Two out there. But I'm thinking that Shout Factory is getting ready to bring Neither Demons Two to 4k if i'm not mistaken and then um i think knight of demons 3 is only going to be uh on uh what's the word i'm looking for it's only gonna be on blu-ray because i don't think Night of demons 3 made it to blu-ray but so that would give a lot of people more um more of a chance to catch knight of demons 2 if they don't have it don't have the dvd already the the blu-ray already and you know try to see where the movie holds up now with today's audiences um i want to know what you guys thought about night of the demons 2 if you have if you've seen it if you love it if you don't love it you know let me know um because yeah so Knight of the Demons 2 and Knight of the Demons 3 are both gonna get collector's editions of the sequels, and that's all they get right now. Knight of the Demons 2, this is some of the stuff that's gonna be included on the DVD for Knight of the Demons 2. Knight of the Demons is gonna be a 4K release, and they're going to have new um stuff for the release of the first film, it's going to have an, um, the unrated negative, 4K scan of the unrated negative. It's going to be a new documentary or, or new um, Q&A with writer-producer Joe Augustine. And then there's going to be an interview with Jill Tereshita, who played... Uh, oh, Jesus. Why is my name going... Her name her name's going blank with me. and uh, um, Franny. She played Franny in the original movie. And there's going to be an interview with special effects artist Nick Benson, and this could be a new international cut in standard definition. And I'm I think that's reason alone to try to buy the disc for the Neither Tomb Neither Tomb for the Neither Demons Two Blu-rays. <laughs> there'll be an audio commentary by Christy Harris, Darren Heems, Johnny Moran, and Jennifer Rose, aka BB Sister Gloria z-boy and johnny aka wannabe johnny cage there will be another interview with kevin s tinney and brian Chinter smith there'll be a new interview with amelia kincaid a interview with actor christy harris a interview with the special effects artist of the movie steve johnson and an interview with producer jeff 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 jeffrey okay i guess i really don't care about the special features of night of the demons three <laughs> because i get to that in the next episode but you get an audio commentary with writer um kevin s tinney um and yeah, you get two more yeah and then you get another uh document a comment uh, commentary but another interview with uh amelia kincaid and some other producers and the director jimmy kaufman and producer jeff jeffrey how do you is it jeffrey i don't know anyway long story short you have the chance if you don't want to cop the i guess bare bones blu-ray that's floating around on amazon right now for i think 12 to 19 bucks um or you can just wait till it comes out this fall on, um, at screen factory and get, I think it's this fall. We are in fall. Um, probably next month. I'm thinking there's going to drop next month. I already own two editions of night of the demons. I have the original blu-ray, the screen factory released, and I have the steelbook version of this, um, original version that they released that also came with a poster and my NECA Angela Franklin figure, which I have yet to open, but that I will, I'll spend some more money for uh, the 4k release just so I can see the international version and see if there's any difference in it, because I've seen neither demon so many times. That I can literally go to sleep from it and be unfazed by it. Uh, That's not a bad thing. It's just, it's one of those comfort movies that I turn to when I'm just like bored. And I'm like, either I can watch something new or a rerun episode of South Park or Family Guy, YouTube, or Night of the Demons. And I always go to either Night of the Demons or Night Run Elm Street. So that's it for this episode. I'm trying to keep these short and sweet because there's so many this this only one person talking here and i can only go so far about talking about you know these particular movies because they're just fun popcorn movies that i suggest people watch every halloween if you're a completist then i say just give um neither of the demons i'm i'll wait i'll say that for the for that episode um Speaking of that episode, the next episode is going to cover both Night of the Demons 3 and the 2009 remake Night of the Demons that stars Monica Kenna and Edward Furlong and Shannon Elizabeth. Uh, So if you want to hear me drag those two movies, then tune in for the next episode after this. But for now, you guys can find me at Twitter, or as my boy Michael Brown says, Twixt, because I've I've got to the point when I just look at that X and I just think of like Pornhub or something like that, but that's neither here nor there. Anyway, you can find me on there at the Anti-Critic. You can find me on Threads and Instagram at Mark Oestis, and you also can find me on Instagram under Midnight Social Distortion. I'm thinking about dropping that handle even though the midnight social distortion handle is my public one. And I'm thinking about just directing everybody who follows me on the midnight social distortion to follow me under threads because threads seems like it is more, even though it's like an extension of Instagram, it seems like it's more sane in terms of like, I've had only about two Bitcoin invites um, since I've been on Threads, because my account on Threads is um open. It's not a it's not a private account. Don't make me put my Threads account private, y'all. Please don't. Um also I'm on Blue Sky under Marco Estes. And I'm also on Spiel under Marco Estes. And dun, 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 I actually joined TikTok. I haven't made anything, I'm only on there. I jump in and jump out because it kind of scares me, and I shouldn't be scared because there's people that are older than my mom that have TikTok accounts, and I should just go on here. They actually use them and they actually make content, but I'm still trying to learn the format and see what I can um, provide to it because I think that most of you know the horror fandom. Has TikTok already covered, and I don't know if I can offer anything new there. But hey, there's still new people being found every day via TikTok. Um, my friend Malcolm Travers he sends me a lot of um, horror content creators on there who I technically are just mainly on TikTok, and I have never seen them on Twitter or X or Instagram or anything like that. They just mainly operate on, um, you know, TikTok. So I'm on there. And you can find me on Scream Kings, our new season. It should be airing right now alongside with this new season of Midnight Social Distortion. And you can find us on our YouTube channel and that is Scream Kings. It's Kings with an, not an S, with a Z. Kings with a Z. So, and you also guys can find me on the Alter Tapes with Joe Lipset and other horror content creators. I already have an episode out with Joe. The Altar Tapes are pretty much a podcast that reviews the alter um horror shorts on youtube i cannot for the life of me remember what episode we did but i know it's dealing with um uh it was it had a gay theme and it's a you know it's a great episode i think you guys should follow Al- alter on youtube and that's a l t e r and you can find a lot of damn good horror shorts on there, and they're well done. They're well made. Some of them, some of them are probably you know uh, filmed, or filmed. Excuse me, screened at a lot of horror festivals, and they just made their way to Alter. I'm still learning how the Alter brand works, so just check us out. There's a entire backlog of not just Alter movies, or short films on YouTube, but also reviews. By your favorite horror country creators out there. So those are the places you can find me at. This fall is going to be where this fall, we all know what time it is. It's spooky season. This spooky season is going to be pretty busy for everybody. Um, even though there is a writer strike, um, uh, still at hand, and there's a actor strike. There's still stuff to look out for that I might be popping on talking about, depending on if we are able to do that because content um hard content creators on like you know through podcasts and instagram and social media and all this stuff have made a solidarity are in solidarity with the strikers of the right of the um wga and sag unions so i don't know if we're going to be doing anything for like chucky that comes out this fall um because that's technically promotion and but we have stuff to look out look out we have stuff to look forward to and so maybe we can probably like say yeah this episode was great last night and that's about it other than that we will be still doing stuff for like you know like i said Scream kings is coming out with a new season you also can look out for new episodes of gray matter that features gray johnson as he goes through his theories of various horror movies from from past and present. Uh, this also do episodes currently of you know Girl That's Scary, Bloody Massacre, Nightmare on Fear Street, Bloody Broads. And it's, you know, if you haven't signed up for the evil Tyrone's um, top, you know, I call him the montel Williams of, you know, horror, sign up to his YouTube channel and homies of horror nightlight with prince jackson you know there's a lot of content out there for a lot of you know for a lot of people um that you know that's just the the black creators there's also tons of stuff for other creators whether they're lgbtq or you know just basic horror fans big shout out to people like pvd horror sledgehammer horror you know all those good peoples out there and even half-ass horror cast. I haven't seen anything from them lately, but if I don't get a video from, um, if I don't get a video from them, I'm going to be mad because usually when they do their Halloween tours, or rather their Halloween, you know, treks to different stores to see what Halloween stuff they have, that's like the official, for me, that's, 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 I, just know it's, I just know it's spooky season. But, we have, um, you know, everybody's made it official that September is officially spooky season. So when this airs, we'll be well into it. And spooky season doesn't stop on October 31st. For me, it goes all the way until probably, you know, next February, but that's just me. For me, it's really every day, but, you know, anyway, I'm trying to wrap this up because we done went way past Night of the Demons 2. Like I said, hit me up on my socials, hit everybody else up on their podcast. And until next episode, peace.